Hello and welcome to Daily Prayer for August 2nd, 2021. Thank you for joining me today. Let's go ahead and get started. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth shall proclaim your praise. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. Eternal God, we give you thanks that through the gift of our baptism, you call us to a new way of life in your realm of grace and peace. By the power of your Holy Spirit, let your will be done in our lives and in this world that you love, through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Our readings for today, because we missed yesterday, we have 2 Samuel 6, 12-23 from yesterday. It was told King David, the Lord has blessed the household of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with rejoicing. And when those who bore the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. David danced before the Lord with all his might. David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. As the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, daughter of Saul, looked out of the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. They brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place inside the tent that David had pitched for it, and David offered burnt offerings and offerings of well-being before the Lord. When David had finished offering the burnt offerings and the offerings of well-being, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts and distributed food among all the people, the whole multitude of Israel, both men and women, to each a cake of bread, a portion of meat, and a cake of raisins. Then all the people went back to their homes. David returned to bless his household, but Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How the king of Israel honored himself today, uncovering himself today before the eyes of his servants, maids, as any vulgar fellow might shamelessly uncover himself. David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me in place of your father and all his household to appoint me as a prince over Israel, the people of the Lord that I have danced before the Lord. I will make myself yet more contemptible than this, and I will be abased in my own eyes, but by the maids of whom you have spoken by them, I shall be held in honor. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. And continuing on with chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. Now when the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See, now I'm living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? 
Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep to be prince over my people Israel. And I have been with you wherever you went, and I have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and I will plant them, so that they may live in their own place and be disturbed no more, and evildoers shall afflict them no more as formerly. From the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel, I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring after you, who shall come forth from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be a father to him, and he shall be a son to me. When he commits iniquity, I will punish him with a rod such as mortals use, with blows inflicted by human beings. But I will not take my steadfast love from him, as I took it from Saul, whom I put away from before you. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. In accordance with all these words and with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. From Acts chapter 18, verses 1 through 11. After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth. There he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontus, who had recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had ordered all Jews to leave Rome. Paul went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them, and they worked together. By trade, they were tent makers. Every Sabbath, he would argue in the synagogue and would try to convince Jews and Greeks. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with proclaiming the word, testifying to the Jews that the Messiah was Jesus. When they opposed and reviled him in protest, he shook the dust from his clothes and said to them, Your blood be on your own heads. I am innocent. From now on, I will go to the Gentiles. Then he left the synagogue and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the official of the synagogue, became a believer in the Lord together with all his household, and many of the Corinthians who heard Paul became believers and were baptized. One night, the Lord said to Paul in a vision, Do not be afraid, but but speak, and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will lay a hand on you to harm you. For there are many in this city who are my people. He stayed there for a year and six months, teaching the word of God among them. From Mark chapter 8, verses 11 through 21. The Pharisees came and began to argue with Jesus, asking him for a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, Why does this generation ask for a sign? Truly, I tell you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, and getting into the boat again, he went across to the other side. Now, the disciples had forgotten to bring any bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and the yeast of Herod. They said to one another, It's because we have no bread. And he became aware of it, 
Jesus said to them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes and fail to see? Do you have ears and fail to hear? And do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you collect? And they said to him, Seven. And he said to them, Do you not yet understand? The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, we have two readings from 2 Samuel. First, David brings the Ark of the Covenant from the the home of Ebed-Edom, or whatever his name was, to Jerusalem, and dances in front of it. Uh, This is very much this sort of like this prophetic uh, frenzy kind of thing that he's in, this just very worshipful experience. He's, He's there, and he's excited. He's He's rejoicing in the fact that the, the Ark of the Covenant has now come to Jerusalem. It is, it is the perfect time and all these sorts of things, right? But not everybody's really excited about this. We get a glimpse into David's home life. And Michal, who was his first wife and his most recent wife, um, because she was married off to somebody else, um, and then has been was basically taken from that home and given back to David as basically a um, I mean it was a political move. He married the daughter of Saul, and he wanted people to recognize and understand, especially those who were maybe more faithful to Saul, that he has this sort of connection to the the dynasty of Saul, um, even though he was you know partially responsible for their death. Um, so that's that's really, it seems, the only reason that Michal is brought back. She is not happy about it. She just has contempt for David. And she sees this thing, um, and make no mistakes, this is, you know, this was something that happened, certainly, but it is um, it is the presenting problem. There are a whole lot of other issues back behind. We know these in our, you know, deep relationships with spouses, with with others. Um, we know that sometimes when we're reacting to this given situation, we're reacting to something far more than that. There's a lot of background to it. And I think that's what's going on here. So she confronts David and says, you know, you did this thing. You were you were basically um naked, dancing naked in front of the servant girls. Um, we also maybe get a glimpse of David's sort of wandering eye, which will be a, a major plot point. Um, but she says, you know, like, how dare you do this thing? And his defense is, you know what? I was doing this thing for God, and I will be even more undignified than that. If God wants me to be um, seem foolish in the in the sight of people. I don't care about that. I care more about God. Um, taking that charitably, that's that's absolutely what he cares more about. Um, he definitely has his flaws. That is, make no mistake. Um, but he's also a man after God's own heart. A couple of things to note, however, that he makes the sacrifice, um, multiple sacrifices. He is 
taking on this priestly role, which um, that was part of the problem with what Saul was doing. He also distributes food that is bread. Sounds very much like the bread of the presence. Um, he distributes meat, which would be the meat from the sacrifice, which is actually supposed to be for the priests, and also cakes of raisins, also meant to be for the priests. So he seems to be distributing these gifts that should go to the, the priestly family, to everyone, um, which politically is a great move, but theologically there might be some issues there because he is um, he's not necessarily supposed to be doing that. Um, just an interesting thing to note. Then we have um, David wants to build a house for God. Um, he has, God has this uh, tabernacle that has been constructed. It seems that this is a new tabernacle that has been made. It's probably more ornate and, and over the top than the original one. Um, and David wants... Uh, gives a place for God, but then sees this beautiful house that David has and says, I want to build something, a permanent structure for God. And so he speaks to Nathan, the, the prophet, and Nathan says, great, that sounds like a great idea. And then God speaks to him and says, no, I d I've never asked for a permanent place. I like to be on the move. I like to move from place to place. Have I ever asked for a permanent structure? No, I told you to build a tabernacle, a tent, for the purpose that I can move from place to place. But God also says, I will build for you, David, I will build you a house, a dynasty. There will be one, a descendant after you, who will have my spirit in a, in a new and unique way. Um, I will punish him with the, the rod of humankind, but, I, but he will never be taken away from my presence like Saul was. This is this establishment of this great dynasty of David. This is also the beginning of that um, desire and that hope that will grow and grow and grow um, for the Messiah, the anointed one, the descendant of David, the son of David who will come, who will be greater even than David. Um, this is, so it's a really interesting reversal where David says, I want to build God a house. And God said, no, I don't need a house. I'm going to build you a house. Um, and that this future son of yours will build a house for me. Now, we know a physical house was built by Solomon, David's son, um, physical son, but we also know in a much more deep way that Jesus, the son of God, the son of David, um, built this house, this dynasty, this kingdom that will never end. And so we as Christians look to that and say that there's much more to that than just the building of a temple. Then we have in Acts, uh, Paul is continuing to hang out in Rome and now in Corinth, and he meets up with uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Um, they are husband and wife, Jewish team. They um, are proclaiming the gospel. They are also apostles. We have no idea about their background, but they are going around proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. They also, like Saul, are tent makers, and so this is the way that they 
pay for, this is the pay for, for their ministry. Um, they make tents during the day and they work together because they're all in the same trade and they um, proclaim the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the church there in Corinth continues to grow. The, um, there's a man who lives next to the synagogue and he becomes a believer as well as the leader of the synagogue. And so there's this um, sort of very clear place. But by the time Saul, uh, Silas and Timothy get there, the Jewish people have, um, or, or probably another group of Jewish uh, sort of traditionalists, I guess, um, have, are opposing Paul and Silas and Timothy. And Paul once again says, you know what? I've had enough. I'm going to only focus on the, the Gentiles and goes. Um, then we have in Mark's gospel, we have um, Jesus and this ongoing conversation, this ongoing sort of um, challenge between himself and the Pharisees. And he's done with it. He goes across the lake um, because they're asking for signs and wonders. And he's like, look at all these things that I've been doing. I've been healing people, but you're asking for more signs and different signs, and I'm, you're not going to be happy with what I give you. So they're in the boat, and they're on the way, and he says, you know what? F beware of the yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod. And the disciples, again, don't get it. They say, oh, well, obviously, this is because we didn't bring bread. And he says, no, it's not about bread. How much did we have left over when I fed 5,000 people? How much did I have left over when we ha I fed 4,000 people? It's not about bread. It's about this sort of like this rot that has made its way into this very people. And it's represented by these, these Pharisees whose hearts are so hard that they cannot possibly receive the good news um, of the kingdom. They can't receive the good news of God because they think they've got everything figured out and they're so tied to their way of thinking that they cannot break out of it. Um, it's just a reminder that we need to be a little bit flexible. Now, there are things that we need to hold on to, absolutely. There are things that we need to stand firm in, uh, but we have to make sure that those things that we're standing firm in are the correct things is the gospel itself. Because we can very easily, and we see throughout Scripture, it's so easy to, be, to hold strongly to things that actually, as we strong, hold stronger and stronger to them, actually make us oppose the gospel. And that's a problem. So when we see this, uh, this rot, this, this yeast of the Pharisees and of Herod, um, we need to weed it out and make sure that it's not a part of, of this. So those are our readings. Let's go ahead and gather together in prayer. Satisfy us with your love in the morning, and we will live this day in joy and praise. We give you our praise and thanks, O God, for all gifts of love we have received from you and from your persistent mercy in Jesus Christ. Especially we thank you for the grace and peace of Jesus Christ.
all creatures with whom we share the earth. Those whom we have loved and who have loved us. Support and encouragement from others. Food and drink to share in your name. People of God, for what else do we give thanks? We give thanks for a new week and a new month. We pray that God would work in and through us as we um, finish out this month of summer. We give you our cares and concerns, O God, because we know you are kind and care for your children in every circumstance. Especially we pray for Lutheran and Reformed churches. People who live in poverty. Those who are sick or suffering. Those who work for their healing. Comfort and peace for those who are dying. People of God, for what else do we pray? We pray for Lynn, a friend of Bill's sister, whose husband Jim died last week. We lift up an online prayer request uh, for a friend facing medical issues. We pray for Nick and knee replacement that will happen this month. We pray for Barbara, a friend of the church, and her many health issues. We pray for Sandra, a friend of the Prices, whose husband fell and hit his head and has died as a result. We pray for Ernie, who will be having knee replacement this week. For Sandra, who submitted an online prayer request for health for her family. We pray for Mary, a friend of Bill's who has dizziness. For Debbie, who is continuing to recover. For Kathy, friend of Jan Ann's. Margaret, who is uh, working on an antibiotics treatment. For Robin, friend of the Garlands and Wises, who is recovering from a serious stroke. For Brad, a friend of the Wises, recovering from brain surgery. Also for his wife, Ashley, and son, Anthony. And for Sophia, who continues to apply and interview for prospective employment. Lord God, for all of these things and all of those things that are on our hearts and our minds, we pray that you would do immeasurably more. To you, O God, we give up the burdens of this day, trusting your love and mercy. To you, O God, we surrender ourselves, trusting our risen Lord to lead us always in the way of peace, today, tomorrow, and forever. Amen. Now let us continue to pray using the words that Christ taught us, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. Now let us cast our anxiety on the Lord, who cares for us. The God of all grace will restore, strengthen, and support us. Amen. Bless the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Thank you so much for joining me today for daily prayer. Join me tomorrow for some more. Like this video, share it with someone else. Click on the subscription and the notification button, as well as going to our website, johncalvinchurch.org. Our liturgy today came from the Book of Common Worship of the Presbyterian Church USA, 2018 edition, and our readings came from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. Thank you for joining me. Have a blessed day. We'll see you next time. Bye.